This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Uh, I just want to impart something that the Lord spoke to me a week and a half or so ago on Saturday, August the 12th. I want you to write down those numbers, 8, 12, 17. And he said, this is to the faithful. I was headed to, to minister somewhere, and as it got closer, the direction changed, and this is what started coming up out of my heart. This is to the faithful. Growing in favor and flowing in favor as never before. Favor that makes people speechless. It's not about your past, but your future. My favor is flowing, 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 so now get going. I'm wanting my people to rise to new levels. The tide of favor is rising. And as the level of favor rises, let there be no compromises. Be faithful and favored. The favor of God is changing and rearranging things. Have faith for favor Be faithful and favored. The level of favor, the tide of favor is rising. Let there be no compromising. It's flowing, flowing, flowing. Now get going. Some of you have been hesitating and backing off what God's been telling you to do. But now's the time. Favor 8, 12, 17. I thought it was interesting. The number 8 represents new beginnings. The number 12 represents there's a perfect plan and God is in control because we give Him control. We trust Him, right? And the number 17 represents complete victory, Jehovah Nissi. So 8, 12, 17, that we stepped into a new beginning, a new flow. He took me to Ezekiel 47 where the tide went from the ankles to the knees to the thighs to the point that they were swimming in such a flow and such a river that trees began to produce on the sides of the bank. And on these trees produced health and healing and restoration for the people around them. That's you. God needs us to walk in the favor of God like we've never walked in it before in our life. The favor is flowing, flowing, flowing. Now get going. Why would God want us to walk in favor? Because He always has other people on His mind. He always has other people on His mind. You are favored by God. Say, I am favored by God. The tide is rising. It's not about your past, it's about your future. The favor on you right now. Psalms 102, verse 13, it says, The set time to favor her has come. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 says, Now is the time of favor. The purpose for favor is to make a difference in the lives of people. Always remember, favor creates opportunity. Favor creates opportunity. Favor creates opportunity. Remember what Paul said? He said, there's a great door of opportunity, but with this great door of opportunity, there's much adversity. But favor, grace, strength, divine assistance, preferential treatment, special advantages, that is what is in us and on us to overcome. 
Innocent, honest to flourish and thrive. Innocent, honest. Favor that leaves people speechless. Isaiah 43 verse 13 says, I'm going to do a work and no one can reverse it. I'm going to do a work that no one can hinder it. God is working now. Favor is working now. Expect favor now. Declare favor now. Believe in God's favor now. The favor of God is on this house, period. But he's saying that the tide is rising. Say, it's rising. I'm swimming in it. I just wanted to impart that. There you go. Meditate on it, receive it, declare it, stir it back up. I know you have the word in you concerning favor. You belong to this house. You're favored. Amen. Go ahead and go with me to Romans chapter 4. And we're going to continue along um, in our faith teaching. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, exceeding, growing faith. Uh, Joseph did such a great job last week. Didn't he do such a great job? Man, what a team God is putting together here and, and Vic and Pastor Rick and Pastor Justin. And it's just, man, the word of God is rich. Amen. Go with me to Romans chapter 4. Say, I'm glad I came tonight. We're going to start in verse 19. Verse 19, it says, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now tonight we're going to talk about faith and understanding and hearing. How important, because God wants us to operate at new levels of faith. We've learned that faith can decrease, faith can increase, faith can be little, faith can be great. Right? God wants us to walk in faith, to just live by faith. Romans chapter 12 verse 3, when we come into the family of God, we're all dealt the measure of faith, right? We all start out at the same place. And then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But we just don't keep just hearing. We keep hearing and then doing, right? We, we grow, we get stronger by hearing the word of God and applying the word of God. We increase by hearing the word of God and applying the word of God. We were eating breakfast this morning and I was explaining to our youngest daughter, we could sit here and eat and eat and eat, but we're not going to get any stronger in, unless we start to exercise. God wants us to exercise our faith. So we have the faith that we need to be everything God has called and created us to be. And so you see... Right here, Abraham in Romans 4.19 says, And not being weak in faith, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb, verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Now, notice what he focused on. I heard one guy say one time, where focus goes, energy flows. And I thought of this when I was reading this today. Where focus goes, energy flows. What did Abraham focus on? He got up in the morning, and where was he focused? And I encourage you to write this down. Where where should we be focused? We should be focused in our heart. We should be focused in our eyes, what we're looking at. We should be focused in our ears, what we're hearing. We should be focused with our words, what we're saying. 
Where focus goes, energy flows. So if I'm focused with my heart, there's energy, there's faith, there's a spiritual force. I'm connected. I believe in my heart and I declare with my mouth. When I stay focused with my eyes, I'm looking at the promise and not the problem. When I'm focused with my ears, I'm hearing the word and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So all of me, spirit, soul, and body are focused and where focus goes, energy flows To receive what God has for us for our life. It says he did not weaken in faith. Because he didn't sit there and consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not consider his physical state. What did he consider? He got up and he was focused with his eyes. He considered what God said. He was focused with his ears. He considered what God said. He was focused with his mouth. He was saying what God said. He was focused with his heart. He was believing what God said. Where focus goes, energy flows. How's your focus and how's your energy? How's your faith energy? It's determined by where we focus. It says he did not weaken in faith, but he became strong in faith, giving glory to God. Strong in faith, giving glory to God because he was focused with his eyes, his ears, his heart, his mouth. He was exercising the word of God and he became strong in faith, giving glory to God. How could he give glory to God? Because he was focused on the right thing. Lord, I'm focused on the stars. I'm focused on the the grains of sand on the seashore. I'm focused on the covenant. I've even changed my name. I'm so focused. And where my focus goes, my faith energy flows. I am focused. Lord, I give you glory and honor. That's who I am. I am the father of many nations. I give you glory and honor. That's who I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Go with me to Colossians chapter 1. This is coming up in my heart. Giving glory and honor to God. He became strong in faith. Say strong in faith. faith. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sin. Notice he has delivered us. Verse 13. He has delivered us. Let's start in verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Already say, I'm qualified. Qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Not He's going to deliver us. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Say, I'm in the kingdom. Say, I'm delivered from the power of darkness. And I'm in the kingdom of the Son of His love. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. In whom we have redemption. In Christ Jesus we are redeemed. In Christ Jesus we're delivered from the power of darkness. We're not going to be. We are delivered from the power of darkness. And it's time for us to remind the devil of his place in our life. And it's under our feet. We're not going to be delivered. We are delivered. We're delivered and sometimes... Uh, we, we tend to let the power that we have slip. We have more power than we realize we have. When we come into the kingdom of God, John chapter 1 verse 12 says we've been given the power to become sons of God. When we come into the family of God, we've been given 
the power of the Spirit of God. 2 Timothy 1.7, he did not give me a spirit of fear, but of the spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. So I've got the power to become. The word become is like you're painting a picture, like on an assembly line, and you're putting this piece with this piece, and this piece with this piece, and this piece, and you're becoming who God has called and created you to become. You have the power to be who God's called you to be. You have the power to run your race. You have the power to overcome. You have the power to, to, to blast through walls, to go through troops. You have the power. You have the power by the Spirit of God. You have power in the name of Jesus. You have power in the blood of Jesus. You have power in your praise. You have power in your mouth. You have power in the Word of God. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. We have more power than what we've been walking in. That's right. Amen. We've been redeemed. Our heart's been redeemed, our mind's been redeemed, our mouth's been redeemed, our resources have been redeemed, our bodies, every part of us has been redeemed. Say, I'm redeemed. redeemed. And I'm delivered. Say, I'm delivered. And I'm redeemed. And I'm going to become strong in faith. Glory to God, I am redeemed. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abound towards each other. Your faith grows exceedingly. Your faith grows exceedingly. Your faith grows exceedingly. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Say, My faith is growing. Now, now remember, we're all starting out. We can only start where we're at. Right, We can only grow from where we're at. We're, we not, might not be where Pastor Justin is or Dr. Savell is or Brother Copeland or anybody else, but we can only start where we're at. And sometimes that's where we, we make mistakes is we try to start where somebody else is at instead of starting where we're at. And we need to be real with ourselves. Where am I at? Let's start where we are. I can only start where I am. Matthew chapter 6. Now we see in verse 22... The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good. One translation says where your eye is simple, your whole body will be full of light. See, God wants to keep it simple. The devil wants to complicate it and God wants to keep it simple. And he says if your eye is is simply on the simple things of the gospel. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, it says, Don't be ignorant of the devil's devices, because the same way he tried to deceive Eve is the same way he's going to try to deceive us and pull us away from the simplicity. The simplicity. God wants to keep it simple. The devil wants to complicate it. Remember, in, in the garden, whenever, you know, it's simple. Don't eat of the tree. Simple. What did the devil do? complicated well come on now why why would God say that complicated simply believe the word of God when my eye is simple say simple when my mind is simple when my ears are simple when my words are simple when I'm focused where my focus goes my faith energy flows where where's your focus 
Is it simply on the promise or is it simply on the problem? Is it simply on God's character and nature or are we allowing the enemy to complicate it and question God's character and nature and doubt and unbelief? Because if he can get us questioning the character of God, questioning the promise of God, questioning, doubting, not believing, we become double-minded. And James tells us that we're not going to receive anything we ask for from the Lord. If my eye is simple, say simple. The word is simple. Say simple. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Light. If, if your body is full of light, whatever you're looking at is going to determine whether it's light or whether it's dark. So if, if there is darkness, that lets me know I'm not keeping it simple and my focus has turned from the promise to the problem. But if I keep my eyes simple, I'm going to be full of light. And in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18 says that the, the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. How could it get brighter? Because I'm keeping my eyes simply on the word of God. Psalms 119 verse 105, Psalms 119 verse 130. The entrance of his word, it gives light. So if my focus is on the word, light is coming. If my focus is on the answer, light is coming. If my focus is on the author and the developer and the finisher of my faith, light is coming. It will not get darker. It will get brighter. If you stay in the process, where is your focus? When I, when I keep it simple, when I keep it simple, verse 24, go ahead and go to 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. This is in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing, considering the lilies of the field and how they grow, and neither toil nor spin? And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? O you of little faith. Now we've seen... Um, weak faith, we've seen strong faith. Right here he starts talking about little faith. And he, he begins to connect a little faith with lots of worry. So if there's lots of worry, lots of anxiety, lots of fear, there's little faith. But on the other side, if we realize that I have the faith of God on the inside of me and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and faith is also doing and I'm hearing and I'm doing and I'm exercising and I'm giving praise and glory to, to God and I'm focused on the promise and I'm focused with my eyes and my ears and my heart and my mouth and I'm exercising, I'm going to become stronger. So where there's a lot of worry, there's little faith. But if there's a lot of faith, there's little worry. No worry to the point that it totally removes the fear, the anxiety, the worry. Say little worry. worry. Great faith. faith. Lots Lots of worry. Little faith. High worry, low faith. It's like if we have some gauges on our, uh, on our dashboard there. What's the indicator? What, are, what is your reading? Is it, is it high faith, little, little worry, or is it a lot of worry, little faith? So I'm going to change my focus tonight. I'm going to change my focus tonight. I'm going to focus with my eyes. I'm going to focus with my ears. I'm going to focus with my heart. I'm going to focus with my mouth. Where my focus is, my faith energy 
follows it. Say, little worry. Great faith. A lot of worry. Little faith. Say, we're growing. We are growing in the Word of God, right? Go with me to Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Verse 5. Now, Jesus is connecting worry with little faith, right? Now, here in verse 16, he'd just been, Jesus had been dealing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And, and, and Jesus is always thinking. He was always listening to the Father. And so, they're, they're, they're here and they're moving. Jesus is present, but he's really not there as far as he's listening to the Father, you know. And so, all the disciples, they're, they're together here and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. In verse 5... Now, when the disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Verse 6, then Jesus said to them, take heed. Now, I want you to picture this. They're just, they're, just take, they're just hanging out, you know, and the disciples, they're doing whatever they're doing here. And all of a sudden, Jesus just turns to them and he says, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they responded among themselves saying, it is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, and said to them, O you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not understand or remember the five loaves or the five thousand and how many baskets you took up? Nor the seven loaves or the four thousand and how many large baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So, so picture this. They're sitting here, and all of a sudden, Jesus, he's listening to the Father, and he turns to him. He says, take, care, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, it is because we have not taken bread. Jesus wasn't even talking about them taking no bread. He was talking about the, the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. But see, whenever there is worry there, whenever we allow the enemy to make suggestions, whenever we allow him to complicate it, whenever there is anxiety there, whenever there is fear there, whenever there is concern there, it affects our ability to hear. God is saying one thing, but we're hearing something else. I want to read it again. Jesus said, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. See, he's, he's talking about a total different issue. He's talking about, he's seeing something coming. He's seeing something down the road. He's, 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 he's wanting them to operate in great faith. He knows what's fixing to happen. He's going to leave his spirit. He's going to leave his name. He's wanting them to make a difference around the world. He's wanting uh, the kingdom of God, his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so he looks at them because he's listening and he's in tune. And he sees how the Pharisees and Sadducees, their unbelief and their doubt and their tradition and their fear and their unbelief and their worry and their concern. He's saying, get a hold of it because if you hang out with it long enough, it's going to affect your ability to believe and it's going to hinder God's will on earth as it is in heaven. But because there was concern and anxiety, why would that be? Go go over with me to Mark chapter 8. We'll read Mark's account here. Verse 13. 
Mark 8, verse 13. And he left them getting into the boat again and departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. So apparently Jesus had told them, whenever we come on these trips, you always take bread. Because it makes a note, they had forgotten to take bread and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Now you got 13 guys on a boat right here. Jesus and the 12 disciples and one loaf. And so they're thinking, oh crud, we forgot the bread. We forgot the bread. Peter, did you get the bread? I didn't get the bread. Forgot the bread. Verse 15, then he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it's because we have no bread. Say no bread. Jesus was not even talking about the bread. He was talking about, you know, the thing that they despised at one time, if they continue to hang out with it, it's going to affect their ability to believe. I've seen this over and over again. People, um, they begin what they despise, whatever that might be. At one point in time, they begin to hang out with it long enough until they started accepting it, and now it's okay. I've seen it with spiritual leaders. It's okay to... You know, and I'm, I'm not talking about the drinking wine at the mill and all that type of stuff, but it's okay. Nobody knows us. You know, what is, what is, nobody knows us here. We'll act however we want to act. We'll watch whatever we want to watch. We'll, we'll drink whatever we want to drink. We'll behave however. And then the people that maybe aren't mature enough or they're at a different place in their relationship with God sees them and they just got leavened. Jesus was telling them, don't you hang out with the Pharisees and Sadducees. Their tradition, their unbelief, their compromise because it'll get on you. But they're back here saying, we didn't bring any bread. We didn't bring any bread. And Jesus, I'm not talking to you about bread. Let's go on to verse 16. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it's because we have no bread. But Jesus being aware of it said to them, why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not perceive nor understand? Is your your heart still hardened? Notice this. Is your heart still hardened? Because a hard heart equals hard hearing. So if I'm over here worrying and and concerned, now let's go back to why would they even say that about the bread? Because when we don't do the last thing God tells us to do, then we, we allow condemnation to set in. And now, because at some point in time, Jesus told them, when you get on the boat, when we go on this... Take bread. And so they're sitting there thinking, we, we didn't bring bread. John, did you bring the bread? I didn't bring bread. James, you bring bread? I didn't bring the bread. We, we didn't bring the bread. And so there's worry. There's concern. The more concern, the more worry, the more anxiety, the less our ability to hear what he's truly saying. He's on a different wavelength than we're on a different wavelength. He's saying one thing, but we're hearing something different. And he says, is your heart still hardened? What causes our heart to harden? The worry. What hinders our ability to hear? The anxiety. What hinders our ability to hear? The fear. What hinders our our ability to hear? Not doing the last thing God told us to do. What, What hardens our heart? Pride. Arrogance. Strife. He says, is your heart still hardened? 
Tonight, I'm believing that there's hard areas maybe in our lives that are going to get tilled up by the Spirit of God. Because we desire to hear what He's truly saying, not God say one thing, but us hear something different. Now, I don't want to hear something different than what He's saying. But when our heart's heart, we have a hard time hearing what somebody's saying. We see this in, in marriage and relationships all the time, right? You have little intense fellowship. And all of a sudden, you're not hearing what they're saying because of the anger, of the worry, of the hard-heartedness. They're saying one thing, but we're hearing something different. I have people send me letters before, and they said, you said this, 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 and that was not what I said. But because their heart was at a different place, they heard me say something I didn't say. God's wanting our hearts. What, what, instead of, okay, so we've, we've identified some things that make a hard heart. What makes a soft heart? Willing heart? Correctable heart? Lord, we, de- we desire to please you. A worshiping heart? A repentant heart? A heart that stays in the word of God? Remember, his word is given light. I don't care how frustrated you are, how hard your heart might be. If you'll stay in the process and you'll stay in the presence of God and you'll, you'll keep allowing his word to penetrate your heart, it's like the Holy Spirit has a, has a plow and he begins to plow up the hard areas of your heart. Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 3, he, he tells the people, the prophet Jeremiah tells them, he says, it's time for you to plow up the, the fallowed ground. God's wanting to do something in your life, but you've allowed this area that was intended to have certain seeds planted in it, you've allowed it to get hard, and now it can't produce. You know our heart is designed by God to produce God's will. Our heart is designed by God that when the Word of God hits our heart, that His will is manifest on earth as it is in heaven. That's why the devil is after the Word of God so much, because the Word of God produces the will of God. And so it's a cultivated heart. It's a soft heart that produces the Word of God. It's a, it's a willing heart. It's a correctable heart. It's a teachable heart. It's a pliable heart that allows God to do a work in us so He can flow through us to change the world around us. But if my heart is hard, my hearing is hard. If my heart is full of concern and worry and anxiety, I'm not going to hear what the Master is saying. He's speaking but I'm hearing something different. Mark chapter 8. Having eyes you do not see, verse 18. Having ears you do not hear. And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said to him, 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. So he said to them, how is it that you do not understand? How is it that you do not understand. Uh, another key thing to helping us have a soft heart is remember, notice Jesus because Jesus is saying, the bread's not a big deal to me. What, what's a big deal is that how come you're not understanding? And this is something we need to ask ourselves. How come it's hard to understand sometimes? Why am I not understanding? Because just because I don't understand doesn't relieve me from the responsibility to understand. Because the enemy wants to get in and complicate it. Well, that isn't what he means. And why would he say that? And why would he do that? And how come? And why? And in today's society, if these were the disciples of today, you know what would have been happening? Well, who does Jesus think he is? We don't have any bread. 
Can't work under these conditions. This is a mess. I only do what my father says to do, and I only go what my father tells me to go. We lead here. We don't ever know what the schedule is. We, you know, we pack the boat. We unpack the boat. We set up the tents. We take down the tents. We, we go here. We do that. Now he wants us to go get bread. He wants us to run to the store. Peter, you wanted to kick a jog and get us some bread? Because of offense and because of worry. And because of doubt and because of unbelief. And the devil has done a masterful job of perverting society where people think they have a right to respond that way. They have removed, the enemy has removed the father from the homes where kids don't understand authority. Notice we have weak faith and strong faith, great faith. Matthew chapter 8, Jesus said, I haven't seen such great a faith to a centurion. That understood authority. And he understood that whenever he said go, that that they went. When he said come, that they would come. He said, Jesus, I recognize you're under the same authority. So the enemy has removed the father figures and the male figures that are designed by God to be in a place of authority. So kids don't understand authority and they feel like they have a right. Well, who does he think he is correcting me? Who does he think he is? And so then they don't see the offices of ministry correctly. And they don't see the, the officers out, of, out in the city correctly. And they don't see any authority correctly. So it affects their ability. So when God is saying one thing, they're hearing something different. Single mothers, you have a grace on you to raise your kids. But you need to make sure that they have authority figures in their life to help them understand. Boys and girls. Because that is, that's key to operating in the kingdom of God, understanding authority. And so you see how the disciples, Jesus is asking them, how come your heart's hardened? Go over here with me to Matthew 13. We're right here at Mark. Go with me to John chapter 8. Verse 43. See, God is speaking to us. God is desiring for us to mature and grow and to operate in powerful faith. It's going to take faith in these last days to go everywhere He's called us to go and to reach the people He called us to reach. And so it's important that we watch over our heart. Is our heart hardened in some some areas or is our heart soft? Is our heart willing? Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to break up the fallowed ground? Hosea chapter 10 verse 12, it says he's wanting to sow some seeds of righteousness and he's wanting to sow some seeds of mercy so you can walk in the harvest, but you've got to break up the fallow ground. The things that have been out of place, he's saying remove them, break up the fallow ground. In other words, be willing to hear. All throughout the Bible, what does he say? Those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. I want to hear what the Spirit is saying. Well, how do I hear what the Spirit is saying? No worry, great faith. The more my eyes are focused on the Word, the more my ears are focused on the Word, the more my heart is full of the Word, the more my mouth is full of the Word, the more we come into alignment to hear the way we are designed to hear. Man has not evolved, man has devolved. We were created to function... In relationship with God, we are created. When we're redeemed, our mind is redeemed. Why? Uh, One of the reasons is to bring us back to think like God thinks. 
Our heart was redeemed to believe, to fellowship with God, to receive his word, to receive his instruction, to receive who he is, to uh, multiply and to subdue and to walk in dominion. You and I are created by Almighty God to function like God, to walk with God. But it takes a, a soft heart. That's one of the enemies after our heart. If he can get us angry and he can get us bitter and he can get us worried, he can get us afraid. Oh, my gosh, what's the nuke going to do? And what's this going to do? And, oh, what, the, what about the war? And, oh, concern, concern, worry, 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 faith, faith, faith. And only by faith can we overcome the world. This is a victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. John chapter 8, verse 43 why do you not understand my speech? This is Jesus talking. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. The Amplified, it says, Why do you misunderstand what I say? It is because you're unable to hear what I'm saying. You cannot bear to listen to my message. Your ears are shut to my teaching. Why do you not understand my speech? We've got to ask ourselves, Why do I not understand? First place I need to check is not with God, it's with me. Jesus is a master communicator. If you need a little word, he'll give you a little word. If you need a picture, he'll give you a picture. It's not in his saying. He's saying what he's saying clearly and accurately and perfectly for us to come up. But if I'm not understanding, it isn't having to do with him. It's having to do with me. Why do you not understand, he says? Why, why is your heart hardened? Why are you thinking about you don't have any bread? I'm not even talking about any bread. Remember, if I multiplied over and over again, remember the five loaves and the two fish multiplied. Remember, key part of having a soft heart is remembering the same God that, that, that turned on the light on the inside of me and allowed me to see how many things he's forgiven me from and the importance of mercy and the importance of grace and the importance of faith and the importance of the name of Jesus. And you remember that I was an addict, but now I'm free. I was sick, but now I'm healed. I was blind, but now I see. I was deaf, but now I can hear. Glory to God. Jesus said, remember those little things. That's not a big deal to me. I can multiply anything. I'm not talking to you about bread. Talking to you about your destiny, but you're thinking about bread. We didn't bring any bread. He says, no, remember it's important for us to spend time remembering. Remembering how faithful God is. Remembering. Remembering the times that he showed up for you. Remembering the times that he healed your body. Remembering the times that he healed your kids. Remembering the times that promotion came. Remembering, remembering, remembering. Jesus said, remember, remember, it'll help your heart stay soft. Matthew 13. Soft heart, good hearing. Soft heart, good hearing. Hard heart, not good hearing. Matthew 13, verse 18. Now he's noticed Jesus is connecting worry with little faith, and we're wanting our faith to grow, right? So we're going to focus with our eyes. We're going to focus with our ears. We're going to focus with our heart. We're going to focus with our mouth, right? Where my focus goes, my faith energy flows. How's your focus? What are you focusing on? Are you like Abraham? He didn't get up considering, oh, I'm old. Oh, I'm a prune. Oh, Sarah, she's no, no longer. I mean, she's unplugged. Can't happen. No, what did he consider? He considered the promise. 
He considered, he considered the answer. He considered the faithfulness of God. He considered the power of God. Are you considering the power of God? Don't you quit considering the power of God. Remember, when you come into the family, you were given power by the Spirit, power by the name, power by the blood, power by the Word. You have power. Let's use the power. Let's use the power. Let's walk in the power. Let's experience the power. Matthew 13, verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower... When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, does not understand it. When they don't understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. When tribulation, persecution arises because of the word. Why would the enemy want to steal the word? Because the word produces the life of God. The word produces the will of God. He says persecution and tribulation comes because of the word. The word. Now, one, one thing that we've got to watch, if you continue to stay in storms and battles, it can affect your ability to hear. If you're constantly in persecution, you've got to work at keeping your heart soft and work at keeping your mind renewed and work at keeping in, in, in tune with what God is saying and not hearing from a place of, okay, they're out to get me or they're out to take from me or they're out to hurt from me or they're out to hurt me or they're out to hinder me or they're against me or no, no. But when we're in faith, it doesn't matter what they say. We can still hear what God was saying. We're going to expect the best. Things are going to be okay. God is working all things together for my good. I trust you, Lord. God's going to work on them and God's working on me. Everything is going to be okay. No matter what it sounded like, I'm going to see through their words and I'm going to hear really what God is saying over what they're saying. But when my heart is hard, I automatically jump the fence. And I'm hearing they're going to leave and I'm hearing they're going to hurt and I'm hearing they're going to take and I'm hearing that, man, they're, they're going to try to rake me through the coals. Hard heart. Bad hearing. Soft heart. Good hearing. Understanding heart. Good hearing. Yes. Good hearing. Faith is working. Yes. Hard heart. Faith is unplugged. Yes. Matthew 13. Verse 21, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But he who received the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. Say, understands it. See, God is the source of understanding. The Holy Spirit brings understanding from our spirit man, not from our mind. That's natural understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct our steps. Yes. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 19. Paul's praying for you and I, and it's a prayer that I encourage you to pray for yourself. He says, I pray that, that the eyes of my understanding, they're enlightened. How does light come with the Word of God? That if I stay in the Word of God, light is coming. Say, light is coming. 
I might not see it at the moment. I might know in the natural at the moment, but light is coming. Understanding is coming. Once understanding comes, the devil can't take it. How does understanding come? You know, you take information, you begin to apply the information, and then you begin to understand it. You know, I know our youngest daughter, when I was helping her ride a bike, and this is the Holy Spirit. He's a great teacher. He, if we're willing to take the information and we're willing to apply the information, he is a great coach. You know what you're going to hear him saying? He's going to say, okay, keep pedaling. He's going to say, okay, why don't you put a little pressure here and then you put a little pressure here and you keep your balance, you, you keep your focus. He's a great coach. Just like when I was helping Chloe, because she'd look down at the pedals, you know, and she'd be a little wobbly at first and everything, but she's gaining understanding. She had a desire to ride the bike. And so she took information that, okay, if you'll hang on to these handlebars and you'll begin to pedal a little bit right here and stay focused. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. You look straight ahead. Well, what about the pedal? And what about the pedal? And what about the pedal? And we just hold her up a little bit, right? And then she makes one, one pedal and then she, she goes off in the grass. But she gained a little bit of understanding. So now she wasn't thinking about falling off in the grass. Now she wants to do it again. And now, because she's taking more information, now, baby, if you'll just stay focused right here and you'll just stay centered, don't just listen to my voice right here. I'm here to hold you. I'm not going to let you wreck. I got you. Put a little pressure here. Put a little pressure there. Here you go. And, and now I'm holding on to the back of the seat here. At first, I was started right here. But now I'm on the back of the seat because she's taking information. She started to apply it. Now she has an understanding. Now not just one circle. Now I got two circles and three circles and four circles. And here I go. And then you sit off in the grass. But she doesn't get, give up, does she? She gets right back on the bike because she's taking information. She's applying it. And now there's understanding. And now she's off to the races. It's the same way with the Word of God. We take what we're learning. We apply what we're learning and the Holy Spirit says, okay, now just put a little, put a little pressure here. Keep, keep your eyes up. Don't, don't look. Don't look. Oh, oh, you look. You look. That's okay. That's okay. Get back on the bike. Come on. You learn, you learn from it. Now put a pressure here and pressure here pressure here. And now you start becoming and you start going and you start doing. Why? Because you're taking information. You're applying the information. Now you have understanding. The devil cannot steal what you understand. When you understand you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, no devil in hell is going to back you off. When you understand God cannot fail, no devil in hell is going to back you off. He says the person that produces 30, 60, 100 foes because they understand. They don't just hang on to it for a little bit. During persecution, they're hanging on. During tribulation, they're hanging on. Their eyes are focused, their ears are focused, their heart is focused, their mouth is focused. Where their focus goes, their faith energy flows. How's your heart? Do you have understanding with what God is talking to you about? How do I get understanding? We take information, we apply the information, understanding comes, light comes. Light comes, light comes, light comes. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, when God, when the Holy Spirit hovered over the darkness, the chaos, what happened? He said, light be. That word light comes from a Hebrew word, or, O-R-E, which means order. When he speaks into a chaotic situation, order comes, light comes, 
Order comes. Light comes. You stay focused on the word. Light is coming. You stay focused on the word. Light is coming. You stay focused on the word. Light is coming. You stay focused on the word. Light is coming. Whatever chaotic situation you're facing right now, you begin to stay focused. Order is coming. Light is coming. Victory is coming. This is a victory that overcomes the world. It don't matter if it's sickness. It don't matter if it's lack. It don't matter if it's hint. Whatever it is, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Soft heart. Good hearing. Hard heart. We forgot the bread. Bad hearing. We forgot the bread. He's not talking about the bread. What is he saying to you? What has God been saying to you? Stay in the light till understanding comes. Go with me to Luke 10. We're getting ready to close. So I'm glad I came. See, God wants our faith to work. You want your faith to work. I want my faith to work. Pastor wants our faith to work, right? So in order for our faith to work, we've, we've got to get a hold of understanding. We've got to have good hearing, which comes from a soft heart. So if there's a, a hard area tonight, a, a, an area that maybe you haven't been applying what God has told you to do, a, a hard area because of pride, a hard area because of unforgiveness, a ha- hard area because of bitterness, a hard area because of whatever it is, The Holy Spirit's tilling it up tonight. Tilling it up tonight. Bringing understanding. Bringing a softness. Because with a soft heart comes good hearing. Say, I've got good hearing. Luke chapter 10. Remember, we're keeping it simple. Say, I'm keeping it simple. Luke 10, 38. Now it happened as they went. He entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now notice, Mary is keeping it simple, right? She sat at Jesus' feet simply hearing his word. But Martha was distracted. What happens whenever we get distracted? Matthew 13, Mark chapter 4, verse 19, it says, The distractions of this age, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So if we get complicated... If we allow the enemy to to, to suggest those things in our mind and we're questioning the character of God and we're questioning the promise of God and we allow things to get complicated, we get distracted and the word doesn't produce when we're distracted. It says Martha was distracted with much serving. She was distracted. Jesus didn't tell her to put the potatoes on. Jesus didn't tell her to be setting the place, setting the table for everybody else. Maybe that's what they did in the past. But see, assumptions the lowest form of knowledge. Pride assumes humility asked. Whenever Jesus came into her house, it should have been, Master, what, what is on your heart? Apparently, he's wanting something to hear the word because he's ministering the word. He didn't talk to hear himself talk. Whenever he ministered the word, it was simply the answer. And Mary was sitting at his feet keeping her eyes focused, her ears focused, her heart focused, her mouth focused. She wasn't distracted. So she was simply staying focused and understanding, hearing and understanding, hearing and understanding. Martha, distracted, not understanding. Can't you just see her walking by? Mary's in there with Jesus. Jesus is ministering the word. Mary's sitting down and you know Martha, she'd walk slowly by the door. Mad, angry, right? Right? Because she's serving. 
I'm doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing, even though Jesus didn't tell me to do it. And she walked back by. (laughs) To the point that she enters the room and interrupts Jesus. Hard heart, bad hearing. Notice what Jesus says right here. But Martha, distracted with much serving, she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. In other words, Jesus, you should think like me. How many times have we tried to bring God down to our way of thinking? Instead of bringing ourselves up to his way of thinking. Jesus, tell her, I know you're thinking the same thing I am. How come she's on her backside and Martha's in there working her tail off? But that isn't what Jesus said. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried, worried. Remember, worry is connected to little faith. Anxiety is connected to little faith. Fear is connected to little faith. Where worry is Hearing is bad. Where fear is, hearing is bad. Where concern and anxiety is, hearing is bad. Say, I have good hearing. Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. In other words, keep it simple. Keep it simple, Mary. Mary has chosen, I mean, keep it simple, Martha. Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. In other words, she's hearing and she's understanding because she's keeping it simple. She's simply doing what the master told her to do. She's hearing, she's receiving, she's understanding. And he's saying, Martha, you are not understanding. You are hearing something I'm not saying. You never heard me say, put the potatoes on, set the table. If you would have asked, I would have said, Martha, let's have a seat. I've got something to say. God has something to say, and he is saying something to each and every one of us about where we're supposed to go and what he's called and created us to do. Remember, soft heart, good hearing. Hard heart, we forgot the bread. You're not even talking about bread. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to pray over you. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, any hard areas of our life, Holy Spirit, we just receive your help and we receive the power of your word to till up the hard area, to till up the hurt area. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us be teachable. Help us be willing. Help us to hear on the same frequency of our Heavenly Father. Help us believe on the same level as our Father. Help us see on the same level as our Father. Help us expect on the same level as our Father what He expects. We till up the fallowed ground. We till up the hard ground. We till it up right now in the name of Jesus. I declare my soil belongs to Almighty God. My heart belongs to Almighty God. I will not allow um, hardness to remain. I will not allow this field to stay hard. I will not allow this field to stay hard. I will not allow this area of my life to stay hard. I have a soft heart. I'm tilling it up. Say, I'm tilling it up. In the name of Jesus. 
Father, I ask you to forgive me for the hard areas of my heart. I receive forgiveness and I choose to stay focused with my eyes, focused with my ears, focused with my heart, focused with my mouth. Holy Spirit, help me keep it simple. Light is mine. My path is getting brighter and brighter. I see, I hear, I believe, I speak, I overcome, I win. In Jesus' name, amen.